Hey everyone, welcome back. So today's podcast is, as always, sponsored by Strong Tower Nutrition. Strong Tower Nutrition is my supplement shop, um, just strictly online. You can find us at stnutrition.com. You can follow us at, at, at uh, Strong Tower Nutrition on Instagram, Strong Tower Nutrition on Facebook, um, and also stnutrition.com where you can find the supplements that I'm trying to provide to you guys. You know, in this day and age right now, we have to take care of our immune system, not just worry about what's covering our mouths. You know, you have to worry about what's going through your actual body, care about your overall health, you know, get out there and exercise. You know, there's still time to do it before the fall and winter kicks in and then we're stuck inside for real. So, uh, get your exercise going, get your nutrition in order, and uh, put put some supplements in your diet and also know how to use them. Uh, we provide great information. If you go to stnutrition.com, we have uh, a little chat section where you can just click on it and it comes right to me and I'll answer you and your questions personally. And then also I'll give you 10% off if you type in the promo code STRONG, S-T-R-O-N-G, stnutrition.com. It's the place to go, man. So I've known today's guest for a long time and we actually went to elementary school together and I've just uh, reached out to him because I just saw that he actually dropped a new single uh, July 31st called Just As You Are. He's out of Nashville, Tennessee. You can find his music on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your music. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram at Jonathan underscore Baines. So here he is, Jonathan Baines. It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith. It's my work ethic. It's my drive. It's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. Do what it takes to make you Pretty good, dude. Thanks for doing this, man. Absolutely. I'm sorry we had that little difficulty there. No, nah, man. I think I have a difficulty with everyone every time we try and do something, it's, you know? It's a sign. I think people are over Zoom meetings and stuff, so people are like, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's a sign we all need to actually be in person again. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's it's crazy. I have had um, more people on like in person lately because uh, a lot of people like it's not like they don't care. It's yeah. just like, you know what I mean? It's not like we're shaking hands and hugging and stuff, but right stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I could be up. Uh, you're still in Delaware, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been to Delaware since um, it was a wedding we went to, family wedding. Um, it's been a minute. So I think hmm. two and a half years ago is our families have kind of met in between, you know, halfway or whatever for vacation and stuff. But okay. Yeah. Are they, uh, are you guys still able to kind of go out and about and stuff or do you, uh, we can go out and about. I mean, um, I think they just declared like a 30 day, like state of emergency again or something like that. Really? Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I go to work and I come home. You know, like I'm not really into like we don't even go to the store or anything. We just get it sent to the house. Yeah. Do you guys have like Amazon Prime or something? We got Amazon. You got um, Instacart. You get uh, so we if we need something from Target, if we need something from the grocery store, yeah. uh, we just get it all, you know, sent here. Yeah. So it just makes it easier. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about getting um, yelled at by someone because I'm not wearing a mask or something like that, and have to deal with all that drama. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a little different here in Nashville. We most, I think, I don't know if it's the South or, but you got a whole lot of people that don't really want to abide by rules, and yet, yeah, um, there's you know, which I, I get both sides of it. It's, I mean, my wife has to wear a mask every day to work, and. I obviously everywhere, every store that we go into, we have to wear masks and we're like in phase two right now, which is, um, all the bars and restaurants can be open, but it's like, at, I think half capacity. And then I think the next phase is like three quarters capacity before it gets back to like normal. But I don't know. I think by the time 2021 rolls around, it'll, things will be back to normal in most States. I hope. Oh, I think so. I think once a vaccine comes out, I think, uh, a lot of people will rush towards that and just really, you know, and I think that'll settle a lot of people down. Yeah. So, um, and of course, like, I think after the election, I think a lot of things are going to be different. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying yep. it's a fake thing or anything. I'm just saying a lot of it is politicized. But yeah. so once that ends, I think um, yeah. we'll start seeing the changes. But, but yeah, For definitely. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Beginning of 2021, I think uh, it'll start going uphill again. Yeah. Back to what it was. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I think there's a lot people are realizing and recognizing maybe we could have done differently, but I don't know. You never know because you don't want to, um, you don't want to be insensitive to those who have lost their lives to COVID or families, of course. family members who've lost people. But right. also at the same time, it's like, you know, people die all the time and how do we balance that and continue living our life and you know that whole statistic from the cdc came out with the i think what what was it six percent of the actually had covid yeah actually had covid and the rest were comorbidities so and even that it's like what you know we know people in the medical field that um are researching i don't know if you can hear my dog in the background (laughs) he's whining um but uh yeah it it's i it's just hard to balance like what what is true and what's not true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, it's a crazy, crazy thing. Like I never thought we would experience anything like it, you yeah. know, but so Nashville, man, like what got you guys out there? Um, so I, long story short, um, in 2012, uh, my dad had a friend, um, who came to our church to speak for like a, a conference they were doing or something. And um, he, I was leading worship at the church at the time. And he asked me to come down to Nashville and visit um, and check out the church. He, a, a church here in Nashville that he leads, they run about, I think like 1200 people or something uh, per service. Um, and uh, not that numbers matter. Um, but to give context, it was a probably a, it was a fairly larger church, uh, and they wanted me to. I guess I don't really know what their plans were, um, but I guess they were building their worship team and their their staff. And so he had asked if I'd come down. So I never actually got to visit, but I had been wanting to move anyway because my parents were moving. Uh, my dad resigned from his position, and um, they were moving to North Carolina, and then. Um, my brother was already in North Carolina, Caleb. Um, and so I moved, I, I was like, it was either here in New York or LA. 
and New York was too expensive uh, as much as I would have loved to live in the city. Um, and then LA was so far. I knew if, you know, starting out, if I moved out there, it probably would be a long while before I came home because mm. it's expensive to fly. I mean, it's like 350 bucks round trip to fly from, you know, Philly to, or well, Carolina to uh, LA. And then I knew some people in Nashville I didn't have any friends here really, but my parents knew people. So I just thought it was the best option. And then uh, I started dating my wife in January. So I had in 2012, I had already planned to come to Nashville by myself. I was going to find roommates and live here on my own. And then we started dating in January of 2013. Officially, we had kind of been talking before that. Um, and uh, I things just moved rather quickly because I don't know if you know, um, Janie at all. Uh, yeah. she, she, she went to red lion for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And, um, she, we'd been friends since we were middle in middle school. Uh, obviously we're never interested. She was dating somebody else. I was dating, um, other girls. And, um, we, I think it was in March of 2013. Um, I think we kind of started realizing like, this is who, like God was clearly making a way for this to happen. Right. And so um, I proposed in April and we were married in June and I was supposed to move to Nashville right away, but we, we waited a couple of months just so we could have a little bit more security. Um, and uh, we moved here actually yesterday, September 4th was seven years since we've our seven uh-huh. year Nash anniversary. Nash. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, um, in terms of the church, I came here, we started going to, to the church, the Donaldson Fellowship is the name of the church in Donaldson, Tennessee, which is in like the northeast side of Nashville, um, which by the way, if I can hear my dog, if you hear him and he's too loud, just say something to me. I can go outside. No, you're fine. Um, and uh, so we ended up like we were the, at that church for a year and then we both started working for Nordstrom. I got a job in men's suits um, and then we just kind of like we loved the church we loved the people but nothing was really working out there in terms of um the uh i guess the um like the internship and like just the all the ideas we had talked about before they weren't really like i kind of went down there with the expectation i was going to get hired and i don't you know that was never said so Mm -hmm. i guess that was maybe something i assumed but um yeah when we finally decided to leave Donaldson we were looking for another church um and it literally was just what we felt like the Lord wanted us to do it had nothing to do with you know again the people there anything like we still love those people very much um and then we just we started going to the belonging co which we've been there for six years now so really it was a mix of obviously the music industry was here for me so the opportunities there um I knew was gonna I was gonna flourish in that if I if I did it right um I knew there would be obviously many job opportunities for Janie um, as with any city, uh, and Nashville still relatively, I mean, people here would say it's expensive. I, I kind of laugh at that because in New York and LA and living up North, I mean, you know, people are paying, I have friends in New York city who are paying $3,000 a month in rent for like a one bedroom. Right. Apartment. Oh yeah. I wouldn't even pay that for a mortgage right now if I'm being honest. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you can still get a one bedroom here in Nashville for like, 1100 bucks a month um now if you live downtown in like the lofts the really nice apartments that are like right in the center of downtown you're gonna probably pay closer to two grand but um 
yeah, the, the living expenses weren't as bad. Um, and it still had all the opportunities and Nashville's booming. I mean, I moved here seven years ago and half the buildings you see downtown were not there when I moved here seven years ago. I mean, it's grown exponentially. So. Yeah. A lot of, um, like a, a comedian podcast I've been listening to a couple of them are actually moving to Nashville from, um, from LA. Yeah. They're like, Hey man, I got to get out of this place. You know, we need yep. to go somewhere else. So there's a couple of them, a couple of them I listen to. Yeah. And, um, it's funny because I thought you moved there just for your music. Yeah. I mean, essentially that was the goal. I mean, as long we've known each other since what elementary school. Yeah. Um, I've always been singing mm-hmm. and, um, you know, after I did um, some stuff in high school and then went on to college and pursued, you know, music there and everything. When I came home, I, I worked for Amazon actually for a couple of years. Um, I was a, a coach there and I took just really time to kind of assess what I wanted to do. And so when the church, Donaldson, offered me, you know, to come down and do this internship, um, I, you know, took it upon myself to see that as just not just an opportunity to be because I didn't really want to be in church ministry. I mean, obviously we are um, regular church attendees and we're very involved in our church, but I, that was not the goal was to be in church ministry full time. Right. Um, But I saw it as an opportunity to, all right, if this is the door that's opening, then I'm going to take it and then see what happens from there. Um, And so uh, I've, more now than ever, I believe this, I often think God will take you somewhere and you think you might be going somewhere for a reason, but there's always another reason why he takes you to that place. Oh, I feel um, the exact same way. Yeah. yeah man. So I, I definitely think Donaldson was the door, uh, that I needed to walk through. Um, but obviously when I got here, I realized he had other plans and really, you know, um, I mean, gosh, our, our move here, I would say if anything, cause you know, I've, again, I've been here for seven years and sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know, I'm finally putting music out, you know, you don't, people don't see all the behind the scenes stuff that you're doing and, yeah. and all the songs that I've been writing and stuff. And, but this, this felt like the right time to officially release music. And, but I look back at the last seven years and I go, well, I had all this time with my wife. I mean, we had a lot of personal work we had to go through, like, grief we had to work through from our individual experiences, like lots of stuff like that, that, um, you know, it, sometimes you think you, you're I'm 30 years old. I thought I'd be, you know, further down the road with music and all and on tour and all this. And, um, and even through COVID, you kind of realize like all oh, that can come to a halt really quick. I mean, uh, Nashville is, uh, <laughs> they are hurting when it comes to the music industry right now. Oh, I'm sure people aren't playing live shows. I mean, right. that's, how people, that's how people make their money. You know, nobody makes money off selling records anymore. So, right. Um, but yes, I, I, that was the goal to answer your question was, I was supposed to move here for music and that's, that was the big reason, but you know, also to be married and get away. And, um, I think the wisest thing you can do is a new married couple is distance yourself from, um, you know, maybe the town that you grew up in or family, not in a negative way, but mm-hmm. just like get away from like set the boundary for yourself as a couple. Right. Make sure you develop your own family. Cause it would have been really easy for people like Janie and I to um, just kind of depend on everybody else. If we had lived in Delaware, 
I mean, we mm-hmm. probably just would have been at my in-laws house for dinner every night, right? which I love them, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to live that life. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Um, so what are you guys, what are you guys doing? Uh, like I've seen you, uh, appeared in like a music video. Um, uh, are you just doing which, music or are you trying you mean to, the one, the one that I released or the one, the one on, uh, there's a couple, you were in videos. it for a country artist or something like that. You yeah. were just in it. Yeah. 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 Kalen Garner. Um, so that was a video. So let's see, it's been almost, actually it's been two years now, over two years now. Uh, I was asked to shoot a, um, there's a, a film college here. It's Watkins film school. It's actually one of the best in the country. And they, uh, do student films every year, but their student films are really, really good. Cause sometimes if you've ever seen a student film, it's like, it's very clear. Somebody filmed it on their iPhone and yeah, yeah. it's not great at all. Right. But this is, um, uh, and no shame in that. I mean, you know, people are doing the best that they can with what they have. Um, but this, they have these auditions and it's actually great for people who are in acting. Cause I was trying to get an agent at the time to get some acting jobs. And, um, you can get reels by doing these student films. So I had a couple friends who landed like three or four films in the whole semester. And then they had four really quality, good films in different genres that they could show to an agent. So I got asked to do this film called OIS, um, uh, which is called Olympus. It stands for Olympus in session. And it's a modern day take. My friend Chandler wrote the script uh, on like the Greek gods. Okay. And, but it's a modern day. So like we were all sitting at a table. It's, it's actually going to be in the Nashville film festival this fall i believe or either next it's either this fall or next fall um so she's still in production with it but it's like a uh i played um the god of death phobos uh which i didn't even know was i thought was hades but apparently not i don't know um so she wrote the script and it was like a 15 minute short film and then from that i met the guy who played hades in the film um, Aaron, uh, he owns Scotty films. Um, he, he is married to, um, or engaged to, sorry, um, Ashley, who Ashley, her, uh, parents are, are pretty well known in like the country music realm. So, uh, just trying to connect all those dots there of how I, how I got that gig. Um, and so they were looking for Kalen Garner is the artist and he wrote the song called back home. And they were looked. The premise of the video was um, they were looking for uh, a guy that was his friend, like one of his best friends. Um, and it was really cool that the whole concept. I don't know if you picked up in the video, but it was like the younger version, the kids, and then the older version yeah. of us. Um, so it, that was a lot of fun. We shot that out in Cookville, Tennessee, and and that was my first country music video I've ever been featured in, and um, we we had a really good time with it. And we spent the whole day like just going to different sites and we had that last scene that one of the last scenes you see in the video of us around the fire and the kids shooting off fireworks was at somebody's farm and we just spent the whole night like shooting off fireworks and hanging out and so it's so, pretty much just a chill time and you just had yeah. the cameras rolling yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely work they put you to work and they they have their you know deadlines and all that but oh yeah it's definitely one of the more um uh, I think that's what I love about country music. Even though I'm not a country artist, I have a lot of friends in country music is there's, there's something about the just kind of, uh, it just very, it speaks to a lot of, I think what people are going, a lot of people can relate to what's in country music. Cause it's, you know, it's family, it's, um, 
you know, this video in particular was about obviously him missing his hometown and, um, you know, that, that vibe was throughout the whole day, just being with family and hanging out and not so concentrated on where's like a lot of pop music. Like I'm working on something right now for a video I'm doing. That's very like concentrated Mm -hmm. and most of the shots are going to be directly on me and my wife. And that's a little bit more intense, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's nice to be able to kind of experience, um, you know, it was, it was cool for me to be on set and experience that. So with a music video, I've always wondered, do you play like the music in the background and like, like, how does that work? Pretty much. Is that what it is? <laughs> the, the one we're doing, um, I have to wait for, uh, we're doing a remix actually of the song and that's going to be the video. Um, and it's, it's probably not going to be out for a little bit, but, um, cause the guy who's working on it for me, I think we're, I think we're talking like October is when it'll come out. Um, but yeah, I mean, It'll probably just be, I'll probably have one of the production assistants there just holding my iPhone playing the song yeah, <laughs> like yeah. in the back, unless we can find speakers. I mean, typically, like if you're on a, just from what I've seen in sets that I've been on, if you're on like a big, um, you know, budget or something that a label's providing uh, the, you know, the budget for that, um, normally they, they'll have, you know, the whole place will be filled with speakers and they'll play the music really loud and right. kind of get, but if you're, if you're shooting independent, you kind of have to, whatever your budget is, what you have to do. So I'm not going to pay for speakers right now. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to get somebody to hold my iPhone and right. play the song in the background. But. So, uh, what dude, like, I, like, I love your song that, uh, just as you are. Yep. Um, what do you consider, do you consider yourself some kind of genre? Like I was trying to guess, is that like pop? Is that R&B? Like what kind of, is that a mixture? Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. Cause I was just talking to some friends of mine um, about this recently and everybody I think has kind of developed their own idea of what I sound like, which is fine by me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, if I am so concerned, I mean, it's definitely pop for sure. Um, but pop is so broad these days, you know, like if I'm, if I put myself in one, like if I, if I try to say like I'm pop soul and I like make that my genre, um, I think it's a little bit more difficult for me to like then write stuff that might kind of color outside the lines a little bit. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, like right now I'm, I'm working on a song that's, or the, well, the next song that's being released come October, mid October um, is, which will be the next single. Um, that is definitely, I would say up to par to just as you are, if not better in my okay. opinion, but it's more cinematic. So it's still pop, but it's cinematic in, in that it, um, you know, we're even kind of pitching it to some TV stuff to see if it can get placed in like some TV shows. But um, yeah, that's it. I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pop music for sure. Yeah. But I think it, I'm always going to be, uh, an artist that kind of weaves in and out of all the subgenres. Right. That makes sense. So I'll have some pop soul. I'll have some, you know, pop songs that maybe are a little bit more, uh, mainstream in terms of like what you would hear on like Charlie Puth type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, then I'll have some John Legend mix in there 
Um, but then I wrote a song the other day that it's not country. Um, it's definitely a pop, like soulful song, but the lyrics very much sound like a country song. So um, I, I'm not marketing myself as a pop country artist at all. Right. Um, I love country music, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm kind of, I think the best thing an artist can do and, you know, granted, it's not like I've lived super long or anything. So I'm not saying that this is like golden advice. You're right, yeah, yeah. I, um, I've just seen a lot of people try to box themselves in and then they often wonder why they're not. This is just from what I see mm-hmm. from other artists. Oh, yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is just write what comes naturally and let the voice that God's given me and what I'm writing speak for itself. Right. And, you know, um, obviously I want to be smart. I don't want to, you know, I'm doing my best to take wisdom from those around me, but, um, I don't want to write stuff. that's just, you know, I don't want to go down a lane if it's not going to be, I know this is like so cliche, but like true to who I am Mm -hmm. because nobody's going to buy that if I'm singing stuff that I can't even relate to myself. Right. Yeah. So. But I think it makes sense and I think it's a kind of like a good idea not to label yourself. Like just let your audience do it for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you just yep. make what you make. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? So are Absolutely. you writing are you writing the music and the lyrics or are you having someone help you or uh it's always co writes. So the this okay. song for sure was um a uh just as you are. Uh, I wrote with my friend Ben Schofield. Um and his artist name is actually Mylan, M Y L E N. So you should definitely check him out. He's got some really great songs on Spotify. Um, but he's a fantastic producer, super talented. He lived in LA for a little while and now he's back here. Um, so I went in with the idea of, of what I wanted to write. And, you know, from that came the song. And then we did the same with the next song, this upcoming single uh, that'll be out mid-October. Uh, I wrote with him and then another artist named Sarah Reeves. Um, she was pretty big in the Christian music industry and now she's more uh, pop she's like in the pop industry um but it's interesting i love her because her sound has not really changed in terms of like like you still know it's her when she's singing which i think is awesome it wasn't like this drastic like she went from christian to to pop and it was like you don't know who she is it's like a very seamless transition um so when we brought her in i was really excited because i knew we were going to get something fantastic out of it because she's been doing this for a long time um so sometimes it'll be, you know, uh, it'll be like, for me, when I write, it's mainly, I have an idea, I know what I want to say, and then I need a top liner, is what they call them. Uh, somebody who's going to uh, be able to really take the story or what I'm singing about and form it into something that's marketable, that people are going to want to sing to, that makes sense, Um because, you know, I mean, I've written a bunch of songs that I could release, but they're not, it just doesn't hit. I, if it's not hitting me, like, oh, wow, this really hits me. I don't really know it's going to do that for anybody else. Maybe. Um, so it's good for me to have other people involved because they kind of help, you know. I don't, I don't really know too many people in Nashville that write their own music, like just them. Right. Like my brother-in-law writes all his songs, uh, but he's in a niche market. He's, he's got his, like, it's a very unique market. Um, 
of like folk post cynical is what he calls it indie rock. So he can sing about stuff that's really profound and deep and meaningful. Um, and there's a certain crowd that's going to gravitate towards that. Whereas for what I'm doing and not that he couldn't have millions of followers, but I am trying to write more mainstream music because it's what I love. Um, and you know, I've always, I mean, I've always loved just good songs that, that are relatable to everybody. And that's just kind of what I want to write about. So yeah, it's, it's, and the writing thing is, I mean, I wasn't much of a writer before I moved to Nashville. In fact, I wasn't a writer at all until I moved to Nashville um, and realized like, okay, if I'm going to make it in this town, I have to, I have to like, if I want to be around the people that, you know, I respect, I got to start writing. So, um, so I'm still fairly new to, again, the, when it comes to the melodies and the music and all of that, fine. I know exactly what I want to, you know, how I can, um, I know what to arrange. Um, I know exactly what I want the melodies to sound like. Um, and Ben's really good with that too. The guy I wrote this song with just as you are, he's excellent at like when we did the background vocals for this, he, um, he really like guided me through, try this, try this, try this. So we literally, I sat in a booth for a couple of hours and just recorded a bunch of like oohs and ahs. Yeah. And tried different sounds and then that's what you hear on the song. Right. Um, so it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I love writing with other people. Um, not to say that I won't ever, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's actually funny you asked that about ask that question because I just yesterday was working on a song by myself and I thought I probably could finish this and put it out yeah but you know I'm always nervous like to put something out by myself because right, right. when you have a team behind you there's more uh incentive for people to push it for people to want to really help you but like when you're writing stuff by yourself that's that's pretty um that's pretty vulnerable and scary yeah. for me but yeah I would love to I mean, the the better I get, I mean, shoot, I would love to have a couple songs on an album that were just something that was very personal to me that I solely wrote. Yeah. Now, is this is this single going to be part of an album? Are you working on a full? Well, thing? Uh, that's the goal. Um, right now, we are um, we are working on the next single coming out in October, and then there's talks of a third single coming out in November. Um, and then I'm definitely going to do a couple Christmas songs and then throw the, the other two that I currently have out on like a vinyl and probably do some giveaways. Um, so the album is, I mean, I could definitely, I have enough ideas to write an album right now for sure. Um, but a lot of that, you know, is cost and all that. So yeah. I don't know if I'll campaign for that or if I'll, um, uh, I potentially may be doing a Kickstarter here soon. Um, to cover you know cost of some upcoming singles but 2021 i would love to put out an album if i could put out a solid album with eight to nine songs on it and i probably and i would include the first three singles in that yeah that would be the goal so like this time next year that that would be amazing um but i'm not making any promises on that just because you know clearly if 2020 has taught us anything <laughs> it's very unexpected yeah, yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta be careful what you're trying to plan and stuff like that because you never know. 
Right. You know what I mean? But, uh, so I know like your brother and, um, is into like hunting and stuff like that. Did you ever get into hunting yeah. Yeah. or anything? <laughs> I, uh, no, not Just really. Not I thing? mean, I, I, I actually, the other day I told Janie, I said, I wish I could do that more with my brother. I would be very interested in it. Um, for me, as you know, I, uh, was not, I mean, I was pursuing music. I, I found, when I found music, I was like, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I mean that in a, you know, I don't mean that in any kind of conceited or cocky way. I just knew like God had given me a gift. And I think every kid just wants to find that thing that they're good at. And for Caleb, it was sports. For me, it was music. Um, for Matthew, we always laugh. We say he's going to be like a secret billionaire one day. He's <laughs> just like, I don't even know how he does what he does half the time. But um, yeah, I, I just knew what I was good at and I wanted to stay there. A lot of it was a security blanket, especially when you're younger and you have a lot of insecurities. Like I just didn't want to go after other stuff because I felt like if I wasn't good at it or I humiliated myself, then why even try? And I knew that I could sing and that wasn't, I wasn't going to humiliate myself doing that. Right. So I just kind of stayed there. But now that I've gotten past the, uh, especially in my mid twenties, I started really getting past like what people thought of me and, Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously turning 30, there's something about turning 30 that just does that to you. You just really don't care anymore. Um, I, I know, I know. Yeah. I decided to pursue, you know, other things. And, um, I, like I started boxing at a boxing club here and fell in love with it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I actually need to get back now that they've opened up. Um, but it was the best workout of my life. And first class, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous cause I was just like, I know that's not hunting, but my point being trying new things and you know, I thought I'm going to be terrible at this and I was actually really good at it. And I'm like, I want to keep doing this. Like there's no greater feeling than putting all of your frustration on a bag and beating the crap out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you move on to people and start doing it to people. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no, if, if Caleb wanted to go hunting, absolutely. I would. Um, I, I just, I guess we just never have, but I'm not opposed to it now. I for sure think I would enjoy that more. I definitely enjoy being like, I hike a lot here. There's tons of hiking in Tennessee. Um, I love being outside uh, a lot more than I used to. And like I said, it's just cause I've, I've gotten over, I've gotten over myself and yeah. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Cause, um, I, I was kind of like the opposite. Like I wanted to go hunting like a lot when I was younger. Yeah. But now I'm like a lot more sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, to animals and like I hate going to zoos. I hate seeing all that stuff like that. Um, yeah, seeing someone shoot a deer, like I'm like I, they can do that. I'm not gonna yeah. do it. Really? You know? Um, I mean, I still eat meat and stuff. I'm not vegan or anything. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I just got more sensitive as I got older to it. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, I mean, you you change like that when you, um, I think people, and I think it might be the climate too of our of our current, you know, yeah, where our nation be. is in the world. Like, I think people kind of are realizing the, you know, that not everything is about the stuff that they have. Or, um, I think often people, I think one thing quarantine has kind of, you know, I mean, getting a little deep here, but I think one thing quarantine has kind of pushed um, people to think about is 
obviously their time at home and they can't really run from their problems when they're stuck indoors. Right. And I, I saw that a lot growing up. I saw whether it was sporting events or hunting or nothing wrong with any of those things. Um, you know, people were constantly busy doing stuff mm-hmm. on the weekends. And for where the hometown I grew up in, it was, you were either at a baseball game or a basketball game, or you were hunting. And when you're constantly gone, you know, from family or your spouse, you can't really solve issues or, or you don't grow together or anything like that. So um, while I love all of those things, I, I think people are, um, and you know, I know everybody's ready for sports to get back. I mean, I'm ready for Alabama football to come back, but I, I, uh, I think people are, are realizing that it's, it's not everything and it's not yeah. the most important thing in the world, which is, which is nice to see because, you know, it's, it, it's definitely like anything, it brings people together, but, um, if you don't have your priorities in line, you know, none of that stuff really matters. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit more about this boxing. Like, how'd you find it and how'd you like kind of, why, what made you decide? Cause I know you just wanted to do it as a workout, right? You weren't right. looking to like try being a better fighter or something. Yeah. No, um, no. so why, so what made you look at boxing as a better workout? You know what I mean? Did someone get you yeah. into it or? Yeah. Next UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just needed an outlet because I had had a lot of, uh, uh, pent up anger from just stuff in life. Everybody yeah. has their stuff they go through. And I was just angry about a lot of stuff with the things that had happened to my family, things that, you know, um, grief that my wife was going through that I, I hated that she was experiencing that. And so you don't ever want to, um, I'm such a verbal processor if you haven't figured that out. And I, found myself kind of projecting all of my own stuff onto friends and family. Mm. And so that wasn't good because they can't fix that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, what could I do that? And I hate running. And I think part of it's just because I'm so tall and my, my legs are like pretty, pretty big legs. And so every time I'm hitting the ground, it just hurts. I hate running Um, swimming. I can only do so many, you know, I mean, we have a pool, but if there's people there, it's just weird. Um, So I was like, I need an outlet where I can like really work out and feel like I've, like, I I don't like yoga. Like Janie loves yoga. She likes the serene environment. I, that does nothing for me. I do not feel like I have exercised any of my, like I need endorphins, lots of endorphins. Um, And I wasn't really like, I didn't have a gym membership, didn't really have anybody to lift weights with. So then I found title boxing downtown and they have locations all over Nashville and they're like, hey, it's 80 bucks unlimited for a month. So I paid the 80 bucks and I can literally, it's literally, I'm just paying 80 bucks to go in and hit a bag anytime I want. Now it's classes. Um, but the cool thing is, even if I needed to get 25 minutes in of just hitting a bag on my own time, I can go in there. I don't have to, you know, if a class isn't going on, there's like, I mean, it's a whole room with just hanging bags yeah. everywhere. It's like a hundred bags hanging in this massive room. Um. So I just went in and started the class. And like I said, the first couple of times I was like, wow, this is really intense. But every time I left, I felt super great. So I just kept at it because it was a great outlet for me to, I don't know, there's something about 60 minutes of just constant movement and you can hit that thing as light as you want to, as hard as you want to. And it, it's, it's almost like you kind of zone in 
and that time is just you and that bag and all of your problems. So yeah, yeah. if I need to tell a few people to F off while I'm hitting a bag, there you go. <laughs> like, there you go. Perfect you know, time. Yeah. I, I can do that. Uh, and it's better to do that to the bag than to somebody else. So yeah. That's, that's do you ever get I to do. like work with like a person and hit mitts or at all, at all stuff like that? Um, that's more like, so it's like tears. So like, I think you pay more to have like a trainer like that. Oh, okay. They'll sometimes do it. Like they'll come by the trainer as the class is going, cause you know, they have their mic on their headset on as they're walking by, they'll hold up mitts and, and they'll kind of pick random people just to keep it interesting. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but now when you're paying the basic like fee, it's just, it's like a group class. So, um, and there's like 50 people in there, like, you know, and of course they're all spread apart enough and whatnot, but, um, I think now they're down to like half capacity though, just because of COVID and whatnot. So right, they don't have, they don't have to wear masks in there, do they? Mm -mm. I don't know. I mean, you wear masks upon entry, but then but then after yeah, once you get to your locker and you put your you can put your mask in your locker and then you go to the bag and you're good. Oh. Yeah, no. Because here, I think you got to wear it the whole time. No, not here. I'm like, I'm, I'm surprised people haven't passed out, dude. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, how is that healthy? How how is someone supposed to be running on a treadmill with a mask on, huffing and puffing that thing? Yeah, no. You know what Sorry. I mean? It's crazy. Just, if that was the case, I probably wouldn't go. And I'm and no disrespect right. to people who wear masks. I'm just like, I ain't about to sweat and you know. I know. That's why I have my my own gym in my house. You know, I just go yeah. to the basement. I don't have to worry about all that other stuff. Yeah. Have you? I wanted to ask you. Have you been? Um, like, are you, have you been bodybuilding like since I've seen some things randomly on Facebook yeah. and Instagram? Like, are you still, is that just your own workout routine or do you compete? I competed, uh, two years, okay. uh, 2013, 2014 mm -hmm. where I actually, I took the, so 2013, I did a show by myself. I had no coach. I had no one telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, I learned how to pose online. I just watch YouTube videos and yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then 2014, I got a coach, and then uh, she just told me what to do, and I did it. Told me what That's to eat, awesome. and I ate it. And yeah. then, you know, I got down to I was three percent body fat in that wow. show. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I cried because I was so thirsty. That's how wow. dehydrated. I, yeah, that's. <laughs> it's not the healthiest sport. Really? Yeah. Um, so it dehyd why is it just uh, because of the lack of fat content or something? I don't well, know how all that well, works. Well, so the reason to dehydrate yourself, so say like a week before the show, um, maybe less than a week, a couple of days out from the show, I'm drinking gallons of water because it's connecting, it's hooking on all to my all the water molecules in my body, like under my skin yeah. and stuff like that, right? So then a couple, um, you get closer to the show, then you start um, pulling it, start pulling yeah. the water. And then I'm also taking a uh, diuretic too to help pull more water out. Yeah. So I'm pulling, pulling, pulling. So yeah. my skin gets thinner Yeah. and stuff like that. So you like, if you um, pick up your skin on your arm or something, it just snaps yeah. right back. Mine hung yeah. up there for a while. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's how like I had no um, like water molecules under my skin. And, wow. um, so yeah, so that's, that's the, probably the most unhealthy part about bodybuilding. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, you know, what they eat and stuff like that is, is, you know, it's pretty, um, cut and dry. 
you know, it's nothing yeah. too crazy about it. That's crazy. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't expect it to be that. I yeah, it's, I it's, wouldn't have ever suspected that. It it put me somewhere different mentally, you know. So yeah. now it's like I know I can do that. Yeah, I can get there to that place, yeah. you know. But then after that year is when I got engaged. Um, we went looking for a house and all that kind of stuff. All like life was happening. Yeah, and I couldn't just give my whole life to bodybuilding like I was those past couple of years. Sure. So after that, you know, I just, and then I started to like focused on being more of a trainer. Um, and now it's just about like having fun doing the podcast and I do a, I have a, uh, online retail store. I sell health supplements Oh, and nice. stuff like that. It's not like a pyramid scheme type of thing. It's like, uh, my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm using yeah, different, sure. I'm using different people's, um, uh, companies you know yeah. but it's companies that i think are um that have integrity and have morals and sure stuff like that and the and the kind of supplements that i like like i try everything before i even sell it right. like i'm making sure that i use it first but but yeah so that's about what i'm doing now so yeah. and that's, that's just cool. and just bodybuilding got me to all that yeah you know that's it, cool. it opened tons of doors and it's been a ride. So yeah. yeah, man. But uh it's funny, I um I was telling my wife about you and I was like, Oh yeah, he was on um American Idol. She was like, nah uh. So I was like, Yeah. <laughs> so I went and YouTubed it. I didn't realize it was twelve years ago. Yeah. That's oh, wild. Cause that was life. when Simon Cow and Paula Abdul and Randy Jackson were on there. OG crew. That's crazy. Yeah. So what was that, um, what was that kind of like journey like through that whole situation? Um, so, uh, like I said earlier, I, I, you know, once I found music, it was like, that was it for me. Um, I wanted to, obviously I had seen the first season of American Idol I had actually watched on television was, uh, Fantasia Barino season, she won, but that was like Jennifer Hudson was that season. Like, oh yeah, um, yeah, all the really good like powerhouse vocals. And um, then the next year, we fully watched from start to finish. That was the year Carrie Underwood won. And uh, my parents, if I'm not mistaken, I think like they know. Well, they know my dad knows her youth pastor from growing up. But I think they might kind of know her parents somehow because they went to the church that my dad was friends. So when they found out she was auditioning, I think that was kind of an incentive for my parents to like, oh, wow. Like they kind of knew that this was, you know, like when you know somebody that knows somebody, you're like, oh, that's cool. Right. Um, so they she was on the show and um, well, obviously won and then. I couldn't audition the next, it was like two, I still wasn't old enough to audition. Cause that was 2004, so it was 14. I, you could audition at 16 and I went when I was 17. So September of 2007, or no, August of 2007, um, I went to Philly, auditioned, uh, did that whole cattle call style thing that they used to do, just like you see on, you know, uh, TV. Um, in the big arena, there was like 30,000 people in Philly that day. Mm. Um, and I was about halfway through and I made it, uh, through the first round. And then I got called back two days later and sang for, 
the executive producers, and that whole scenario is just like you see on TV. So on my side of the the where the cameras were mm-hmm. is exactly what you see. Like the set was just like what you see on TV. But in the executive producer round, on the flip side where Paula and Randy and Simon usually sit, is there was like sixty people, like sitting in the room watching me Jeez! and it was like seven producers at a table Nigel Lithgow Ken Warwick a couple of guys from Sony one guy from London a couple other guys I don't know who they were all like executive label people Fremantle Media um and then everybody behind them was all the supervising producers that were there the first day camera people lawyers like all the so you're like literally i was singing to like a crowd of 60 people is what i was doing and then obviously their tables up front and that's where i really got grilled was they had me sing a couple songs they really like pushed the like you know wanted to know where i was from so that felt more like the real audition um and i think most people have kind of figured this out by now because the see the the show has freaking been around for like 20 something years so every everybody like who's gone to these auditions knows what it's like and people do tutorials on YouTube on how to audition for American Idol. Um, but the, so then what you saw on TV was actually literally, I came back three days later and did the same exact thing that I did prior to that. But this time I was doing it in front of the celebrity judges and it wasn't scripted. Like I didn't go in, they might have been scripted. I don't know. They didn't tell me to like say anything specific. They said, you're just going to go in and sing this song that you sang for us on the, on Wednesday or whatever. And I auditioned on, for the judges on Sunday. And so when I went in the, um, I sang my song and Simon talked to me for a little bit and um, Randy actually got up and walked away. Cause you only see like a, a quick blurb of what actually happened yeah. uh, to, he had to get something and then they came back and then they were kind of mingling and talking for a little bit to each other. Like, uh for like a couple minutes like i was just standing there it was kind of awkward because like i didn't know what to do right and they were just kind of like you know like this to each other and i was like what is going on right now and then um they had me sing the song again same song um and then i got my yeses um and then they hand you my ticket and then what you saw of me coming out the door on tv that's exactly how it happened um and then you just kind of talk with a bunch of lawyers and my parents, because I was a minor still at the time. I wasn't 18 yet. So my parents had to meet with a bunch of lawyers. We had to sign paperwork. My family, everybody that lived in our house. So my brothers, me, my parents, and then we had, uh, we, we call her like our adopted sister. Um, Brittany was living with us um, for a little while. We all had to sign like mounds of paperwork. Wow. Saying we couldn't say anything because you know, for, um, you know, obviously you can't leak stuff on the show or right. you're liable for like up to so many million dollars or whatever. So that was, that was kind of a, you know, I mean, that was my first time I'd ever been, I mean, that was kind of a big deal, you know, especially for someone coming from Delaware. I mean, I feel like if I had made American Idol then as a 17 year old in Dallas, Texas, nobody would have cared. Like, you know what I mean? Cause it's like who, your voice like, is like two different people from now yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, well, and your voice really doesn't change until you're like, uh, you know, I mean, fully developed, I guess, until you're thirty or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I really wanted to do it, and it's funny since then. I've actually, 
it was a good experience for me. And obviously going to Hollywood and, and I went to Hollywood and like two months later, they flew me out. I was there for a whole week, uh, made it past two rounds. And then I sang the first round and made it second round and made it. And then I got after that. Um, and, uh, since then I've actually been asked to audition. In fact, three years ago, they came to Nashville and asked me to audition. Um, I got an email from one of the producers and they said, Hey, we're coming to Nashville and we want to audition you. Um, so meet us here at this time. And of course I auditioned, I had a private audition. I didn't have to go through all the like stuff. Cause they kind of keep a, I have a feeling from what I've gathered and other friends who I have a lot of other friends who have done the show, who've made it, made a lot of my friends that I'm still in touch with today from the show. Um, that they, they kind of keep a roster, I think of previous contestants to right. kind of bring back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, I, anybody that's listening to this, that would ever consider doing something like American Idol in the voice, I would always say, go for it. I would never turn down an opportunity uh, to get exposure, but I will say that, you know, um, it's definitely a different time to audition for something like that than right. it was when I was doing it. Cause when I was doing it, they didn't have shows like that really. American mm-hmm. Idol was the singing competition. Um, and then of course America's got talent and the next factor and the voice and, and they, all these other shows started coming out. Um, and they're all great. And again, I'm, I would never say don't try something, but, I think that um, it was the season. It was great for what it was then, but I, I don't know that I would do it again. Um, yeah, because it's there's so much more involved now, and it's a television show. You know, it's not really a singing competition. Um, but my my experience was great. It was great, and I'm very very happy that I did it. I would I I don't have any regrets there. Yeah, I've always wondered how some of the things worked because, like, so this past season, before all the COVID hit, um, during the auditions and stuff, I don't know if yeah. you still watch it or not. Mm-mm. No, it's one of my favorite shows, so I watch it all the <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, during the auditions, they, I don't know, they're probably acting. In my, I think they were acting the whole thing out. Like, they yeah. just pulled this girl off the street. Like, she wasn't registered or anything. Yeah. She's like, I just been waiting here, you know, I was just gonna I was just gonna come in after the line goes down or something like that. Yeah. And then Ryan heard her sing on the street and just like took her in. Yeah. Without having a number or anything. I was like, I think they planned that. I don't think there's yeah. you know what I mean? I think that's for TV. I mean, I can't speak to whether or not they planned that. Um I think some of it is planned, I think some of it's not. I mean, definitely I know this. When they were, I don't know, are they still, do they still have bad people audition? Not, you're not, you don't see as many as you used to. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see a couple. Yeah, Yeah, because they, I mean, they used to have episodes come out, like, when they would do those, like, in-between weeks where they didn't have, like, a new episode. They would do, like, these, like, highlight episodes is what they call them. Yeah. And it would be, like, the worst auditions of American Idol. And I think some people, like, knew going in that they that they were doing it for like there was one guy from delaware he dressed it was my season he dressed up as um princess leia from the last star wars movie that like gold bikini looking outfit she had on or whatever he dressed (laughs) up like that but he did it on purpose to get attention but then there was another girl who auditioned that she was told the whole way through she was good and then when she got to the judges she was told obviously simon humiliated her Mm. um and so you kind of go, oh, gee, like, 
I mean, they do tell you before going in. I mean, you have to sign a paper before going in that they can use your name, your likeness, your image, anything that you want, they want to use, that they have of you on footage or any audio, they can use it all and you cannot sue them for it. Mm -hmm. So when you sign that paper, it's not, if you say something stupid or do something, they can use that if they want. Um, So that is the downside to it is you have to know like going into this, like even if you think you're great and and I've watched a lot in Hollywood, I learned, um, I don't know if you know an artist named Tori Kelly. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 She's one of my favorite people. I've actually never met her uh, enough to, uh, I've like, I've, I'm passing, I've kind of met her, Um, but I don't even know that she would remember who I am. Um, But she was on season nine and I was at an audition that she was at. And I remember hearing her sing and I was like, this girl's going to win the whole show. Like, she's just going to, I don't, this is, it, that's it. And as you see um, on season nine, I think it was season nine of American Idol. She didn't, she didn't even make it to the live rounds. So there's always, um, of course now she's doing what she's doing. And I'm sure she's grateful that that's the, that's the way God took her. Right. Um, yeah. It's, there's always in some kind of like agenda because I've had, you know, they've called me back a few more times, like throughout the years. And I've gone to, you know, certain cities. In fact, right before we moved to Nashville, I went to Boston. Janie went with me. I had an audition and they were pretty, um, each round was like, yeah, yeah. You know, like this is, yeah, you, you know, this is great. This is great. This is great. And then it would be like crickets. Yeah. So I have, I'm, I have learned not to take those things personally. And that's why I was saying earlier to people, it's a different, you know, you can't take that kind of stuff too much to heart because it's so, it's just so unpredictable what they're going to want and predict, right. you know, or what they're going to need for the show. And, um, but I mean, Hey, if, if they keep bumping you through and you keep getting exposure, like if you've, if you don't have something going for you already as an artist and you don't have any other choice, I would say absolutely go for it. And if they keep bumping you all the way and keep, you keep going, just go with it, just ride the wave. Um, but don't, you know, if you're picking up momentum, don't, um, don't necessarily throw all that away for. Yeah. And I think, I think with that kind of business too, it's, it's something like you have to stay humble and you have to can't like take to heart what every person's going to say. Sure. You know what I mean? And you always yeah. just have to keep doing what you do. And if you right. believe you're good enough, like you'll right. get it no matter when it's going to happen. That's right. You know what I mean? Right. And just realize and remember that you don't know everything. That's right. Because then, you know, you have the right person say something to you, then you start getting a big head and then, yeah, um, you know, and then you stop learning because you yeah. think you already know it all. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, the I, problem. I, I had to learn that after my idle experiences. I, I kind of had to realize like, you know, because when you go from being on what at the time was the number one show in America, and I mean, they didn't even air, I mean, you know, they only aired my audition for like 20 seconds. It's not yeah. like it was on there multiple times. It's so funny because people go, oh my gosh, I remember you. And I go, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't. Because unless you were just a diehard fan of American Idol, there's no way you remember 20 seconds of me on TV. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of had to go through a little bit of a, in college of like, you know, nobody really cares about this. And you, and I don't think it was from a place of like, I, it's not like I went around, like I was on American Idol. In fact, if anything, 
I didn't like that people talked about it so much because I wanted to be known for more than just the fact that I was on American Idol. Um, but it, it's still, you know, um, yeah, I, I had to, I had to, I definitely had a few moments with the Lord where I was like, all right, I need to let this one go. So I still talk about it. I still answer the you know question, obviously. And I don't mind when people ask me, um, but I definitely like now when I go into auditions and stuff or like, it's not on my resume, I don't put, um, that I was on America. I don't do that. I don't, if I talk to label people, I don't say, I mean, they'll probably, if they Google me, you'll see that's like one of the first things that comes mm-hmm. up. Um, but yeah, I don't talk about it to, cause it's just not what I, with, with music people, like, like I've never gone into a co-write and they've asked, where did you get your start in music? I don't, I don't bring up American Idol usually. Right. So, but, um, I don't mind when people ask and I've had, a few, I've had several people over the years ask me just because they're going to audition or they know somebody that's auditioned. And, you know, now I feel like I can't even speak to how to audition because my experience was so vastly different from, you know, what they're doing these days because the, the whole process is different. And then I like to finish things up, finish these things up by asking like, what is your, where's your mindset at and what's your motivation to keep going and to, to keep for you, like uh, making music and doing all that kind of stuff. Like what pushes you to keep doing that? Yeah. Um, I, uh, that answer has changed recently. And I would say that the biggest thing for me is when God gives you a gift, steward it wisely. Um, Every one of us has something that God has specifically given us. Uh, even if it's similar to what other people, you know, I mean, there's so many musicians in this town, it would be very easy to just throw in the towel and say, I'm done because there's so much, I mean, there's 36,000 registered songwriters in Nashville. Mm. That's a lot of people to compete with. Um, so I, my motivation is first and foremost, Christ. My second motivation is obviously my wife and my family. Um, and wanting to provide for them and just wanting to be an excellent human being, regardless of what I'm doing. Um, but man, I just, I, since I was a kid, I've just known this is what I wanted to do and what I was good at. And, um, you know, knowing even when I've tried other things and I pursued other jobs, I mean, I, you know, not to just ramble on, but like I took a big career test a few years ago and like entertainer was on there, but like one of the biggest things was like lawyer and like physical therapist. And I was like, I just would not be happy doing that. Right. Even if my temperament is, would I would I probably would make a great lawyer, um, but I don't want to do that. And I, that's also not what I I know God's called me to. So while I don't know what the next steps look like, while I don't I can't tell you what ten years from now is going to look like, um, I know that this is that the gift is there, and I'm open to however God wants to use that. And so as each opportunity presents itself, I I run with it. So if that's writing, if that's releasing music, you know, I'm setting goals for myself right now. I have pretty much the next year mapped out of what I want to do with music. And so what I've done is I've taken that to God and I've said, this is what I want to do. And I partner with God, which I think is so important um, that we partner with God, not just demand things of God or the opposite, sit on our couch and wait for God to tell us what to do. Um, I think partnering with God is key. So as I've partnered with him in what I want to release, what I want to say, what I want to do, how I want to go about things, you know, he kind of guides, like he guides me through that process. And some people might ask, well, what does that look like the guiding process? And I just say, you know, when a door opens and it's clear that it opens, 
go through it. And if it closes, be okay with that. And even if it's something you really, 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 really wanted and he closes that door, just be okay with it because you don't know what's on the other side of something that you really, really want. And once you have that, and if it's not the right thing, you definitely don't want to be in that place. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I'm, and just people, I mean, I meet so many people and I have so many stories I drove Lyft for four years and I really wanted, I met so many people in Lyft rides and I have story after story, after story, after story, after story. And so that's definitely going to come out in my songwriting. Um, and I just want to write music that I want to be a storyteller in pop music, which I think is kind of a rare thing. Um, I don't know if you know of an artist named JP Sachs, but he's kind of doing a lot of that right now. Okay. Um, so he's definitely someone to look up. He just did that big song with uh, Julia Michaels called if the world was ending. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the goal. That's my motivation. So I actually have another question. It just came yeah. up to me. Um, so with, uh, with being like a God-fearing man and having the faith that you do, you know, you see a lot of uh, artists that struggle being called like Christian artists or Christian rapper yeah. or a Christian, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that'll affect you at all? Like people were just labeling you as a Christian whatever? Because just of, because because of I'm you? outspoken about my faith? Yeah. Um, I mean, if they do, it's like, okay. Like I'm, you know, that's where the not caring part comes in so much. And I think you can, I think if anything I've learned this year, you can really not give a flip about what somebody thinks and still be very compassionate. Right. And that was hard before mm-hmm. because for someone like me who is, um, I could be very reactive, um, because I, like, I, I speak out loud. I think out loud. Um, I, it was hard for me to kind of rein in my feelings when I didn't like what somebody said and I would be very verbal about it. Um, and now I'm just at a point where I'm like, when people want to pro- like poke at things or pry, which I don't really get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would, it's actually funny. I would get that more in lift rides than I would in my everyday life because, you know, people would ask what I do and you pick up, I mean, you pick up all types of people. Um, so if, if I said anything that was remotely, about God or anything. I mean, not that I was just like bringing it up. It would be a very natural thing. Right. You know, people would say, you know, Oh, what do you do? I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, we, we live here. We, we attend the belonging, which is our church. Um, whatnot. You know, people would, sometimes I would get like, I don't even want to call it like persecution cause it's not persecution, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like where people like, just, just try to put it know, down just, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, you know, be negative about it or mm-hmm. throw it down or say something to kind of just, you know, make you upset. And, and so I don't really know. I haven't really run into that a whole lot. Um, maybe it's because of the circles I hang out in, you know, I don't, I don't really, I go to church with a lot of really beautiful people that, um, that by beautiful, I mean on the inside and outside, Mm -hmm. um, that are creating art that love the Lord that, um, you know, and, and I also, I have to remember that I can't be responsible for other people because there are definitely, uh, and I, I'm not saying this to throw anybody under the bus, but it just, I, the pers- I guess what I'm saying is I want to bring perspective to the table for people to see that mm, there's a lot of Christian artists out there that aren't living what they say. Oh, of course. And there's a lot of pop artists that aren't necessarily singing about Jesus in the way that you would, you know, a Christian artist would, 
that are on their knees and face every day before God handing their life back over to him consistently. Mm -hmm. So I just have to hand my life back over to God every day and trust that, um, you know, I'm going to put music out that is relatable to people. And, um, because I mean, you ask a very good question. There's a lot of, there's a lot, there are several pop artists right now on the market without mentioning any names that are Christians that are, um, not modeling what they say they believe. And I don't say that to say, I can't believe they're not doing, you know, I don't want to be pharisaical and point out everybody's wrongdoings mm -hmm. when I'm here a sinner myself. However, if we're going to walk in integrity, whether you're a believer or not, I think everybody would say walk with character and integrity. Right. And if you're going to walk in integrity, um, I think it's important that what you say you believe lines up with what you sing about. And again, it doesn't have to be like, even with just as you are, you know, there's that line, like um, you've got that love, like an ocean I'm sinking in carried away by the waves that your body gives. And yeah. It's a sexy line, mm -hmm. but I'm a married man singing about my wife. I felt like when we wrote this, I really evaluated it. And I was like, this isn't something that I think is going to cause somebody to go do something they shouldn't do. Right. <laughs> like, right. This is like, it's a, it's a simple love song. Now, if I'm out there singing about things that, you know, contradict my life, then I can't really say I believe what I believe. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's really what it's about for me is not, it's not so much about like, he's, he, they sang this song and they're a Christian. It's, it's like, is what you're singing, does it line up with what you believe? If, because you can't say you believe something and then live a whole nother way. That's really what it boils down to. Right. And a lot of things, like the big thing that um, my favorite rapper right now is NF. So his yeah, thing, yeah, man. I mean, his thing is like all the stuff he talks about, they're like, oh, how is he a Christian rapper if he's talking about this? I'm like, well, people who believe in God aren't perfect, man. They're going right. to have anxiety. They're going to have panic attacks. They're going to yeah. have issues mentally. Yeah. Like, and have gone, they've gone through experiences just like everyone else. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then people you know, label uh, him as a Christian rapper because mm -hmm. he believes in God. He can't just uh, be a you, rapper. Have you heard of John Bellion? I heard the name. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he sings about, um, I mean, everything from his. I mean, he wrote a song recently where he literally was talking about his struggle with masturbation. Mm. And he's a married man. And like why, why that was like a struggle for him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know where he's, I mean, I've never outright heard him say, but like just from things he said, like he sounds like someone to me that has faith in some, in some way, yeah. you know, whether it's what I believe or like, it just, I think the world needs more of that. Um, you know, I mean, the next song that I'm coming out with, and I, I know we're like kind of over time here, but um, it's, I mean, it's not like super deep, like in the way that some of John Bellion stuff is, but it's definitely a, I'm talking about being stuck in a place of like, what do I do with what I left over here and what's left of me is basically the premise of the song. And, you know, some people would look at that and go, well, if you're a believer, you shouldn't have to be worried about being stuck and like you should know who you are in Christ right. and all this stuff. And I kind of just go, look, I, I got to sing about what's my being a Christian does not mean being happy all the time. Like, oh, you're yeah. just not going to sing songs that are <laughs> full, like, yes, my joy is unspeakable, you know, and it's deep rooted. But my gosh, like, you know, I'm people 
you know, if you're going to listen to me as an artist, I would say 80% of my songs that are released in the next few months, uh, say I have, you know, six or seven songs out on an album by next year, I would say 80% of them are probably going to be about sad times that I've been through. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, and even if they're upbeat, they might have the the premise the, of the song is going to be, you know, I mean, the hell that we went through in our marriage with finances and, and different. And it won't, I won't directly talk about finances. Oh, of course, but it'll right. be, it'll relate, you know, it'll be about. Be lyricized like in. Yeah. Lyric form, arguments right? that we've yeah. had and things that, you know, people want to, they want to hear about that because they just want to know that there's other people out there in the world that are like them that go through stuff like that. Yeah, man. I mean, I just listened to a podcast um, with the lead singer of Corn. Yeah. And he was talking about, uh, their last album and he was like that was one of the hardest i had to make because he gets his thoughts and feelings on paper yeah he's like a lot of people believe they believe in god they believe in this that and the third but i get my issues out on paper and i guess he had his um uh his wife overdosed or something like that so he had to struggle with that and get through that he was like it's the hardest thing i've ever done so i can't even imagine you know what i mean and I don't mm-hmm. think people understand that artists do that. Like yeah. like NF, like that's his therapy. Yeah. Is to write his words down on paper and yeah. to and, and to speak them into existence into the mic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you can mm-hmm. make of it what you want, but uh like the one song, um the one where he cries about his mom at the end, he's like in the studio and they just left him. Is this um the lead singer point, his name first name is Brian, right? No, that was the guitarist. That's the guitarist. Yeah, Yeah, he's the one that he's the one that um, uh, found God and like left the band and stuff like that. Come back, yes, yes, yeah. But um, but yeah, but like NF had that song where he just uh, he just cried, and he left it in there. I was like, yo, I think that's the coolest thing to be able to feel comfortable with that as an artist, you know, and just to to do that. Yes. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I love NF. He, he has a song with an artist named Ruel on one of his most recent albums. Um, and I'm blanking now. Uh, it's a, it's a fantastic song, but yeah, NF's great, man. He's, and yeah, the artists like that, John Bellion, JP Sachs, um, they're all very like authentic cut and dry, tell it how it is which i love yeah but yeah man i appreciate you uh coming on dude absolutely i appreciate you asking me i it's been gosh i don't even know when the last time we talked it's been probably a decade oh yeah definitely it's probably yeah. when um the last time i saw you i think i was actually at your house yeah because i used to hang out with caleb and my brother yeah yeah go on man it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> But, but yeah, man, I hope all is well um, out in Tennessee and hope you guys, you know, I wish you guys all the best and thank you, you know, hope God just keeps working you guys life and just, you know, you guys stay happy and stay healthy. Yeah. You too. You yeah, too, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. All right. See you. See ya. I know that we both got history. 